0: Good morning. Good morning. Here I am. Brenda, Shoshana, Eshen, whatever whatever name you want to call me, call me. Um, back today with another episode of Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. And, um, I'm happy to be here and I thank you all for writing, for the wonderful discussions and emails. And, um, it's, it's very wonderful to hear from you and to be in touch. So, the topic for today is it's an odd one, maybe. It may sound odd, but it feels today to me right to the point. You know, this, as we've been been saying for the past few weeks, so much bewilderment these days, confusion, expecting this, receiving that, <clears throat> like that. People f- seem to be off balance. And, and and expressing a great deal of confusion, and I think I have to say that that is actually good. Good from a Zen point of view, as Soen Roshi said, "Don't be confused by your confusion, because what it does is it takes us deeper into the very nature of reality itself." And that's actually when we sit and sit and sit and practice, we're taking a trip. <laughs> through the layers of our own confusion our own our own wondering our own clinging and to the sense of deception that the world itself presents to us it's very interesting process and it happens quietly it happens organically as we just keep Returning, returning, returning home to the very simple reality of this moment. Just keep returning back to the posture, to the breath, to the koan, to whatever it is that we're practicing with, to the moment in whatever form, to the simplicity, to not moving. We don't move. That's one of the most important parts of our zazen, Straight back, don't move, just be with it all. That's a very simple phrase, just be with it. My teacher used to say that all the time. And it sounded like no big deal, but it takes a long time to really be with it all or to even understand what that means. Long time of practicing, for me anyway. For me anyway. And took a long time. Still, I'm still working with it to be with it all. And, you know, we feel that everything has to have some kind of outcome or some resolution, or we want that very much. And we want conditions to be correct, as we say, as we expect them to be, as we want them to be. Things have to work out. You know, we have that phrase in our world and it's also something that we're expecting, wanting. And when they're not working out according to our wishes, tremendous distress begins to arise. And of course, that distress is a very blinding force and does not allow us to see what we can possibly do in a very beneficial and simple way. And it doesn't allow us to see where we really are and what's really going on. And and instead, all of the huge amount of thoughts and ideas arise, and they take center front, creating more confusion and more bewilderment. So it's, in a sense, what we're going to look at today is this whole process of what we call deception. There is a wonderful koan which says... Every morning, this Zen master called out to himself. Hi, are you there? Yes, I am. He would answer himself. And that he would give himself instructions and say, do not be deceived by others. And then he would answer himself and say, no, it's okay, I won't. (laughs) It's a wonderful little Zen drama, wonderful, beautiful little koan. Do not be deceived by others. And then he answers himself, no, I won't. So in a sense he was two he wasn't one person he was two talking to himself he was the other of his own other and again this this little story points to the fact that we think that others somebody outside <coughs> excuse me <coughs> some condition outside is deceiving us is confusing us it's not what we thought it would be it's not what we it's supposed to be and we feel deceived and that is the basis of so much of our anguish, so much of our getting lost, going astray, as we say in Zen in the darkness. When are we able to be free? It's another colon. When? When? And the answer is right now, today, right this moment. Why not? Why not? Very important question. So is there somebody out there actually deceiving us? Or is it our own inner mind and expectations and demands and thoughts that create this miasma, this tapestry of upset? It certainly seems as if we are being deceived by others, that people are playing games with us, that they're saying one thing and meaning another. All of that, all of that for sure. It seems that way indeed. But if we look more deeply, if we sit more deeply, we see that's not true. It's not true. It's not so. It's the way we are receiving life that is deceiving us. It is our own demands and expectations that are deceiving us. It is our own clinging to conditions, insisting that that is the meaning of my life, good conditions. When things go well, well, I'm successful, I'm terrific, I'm validated, I'm loved. Me, 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 me. This this, me... He is a hungry beast <laughs> wants an awful lot of affirmation, an awful lot of acclamation, and that's part of why we are feeling such deception and so much pain. But who are we really? Where? What are we really doing here? And what is this huge, huge, endless drama that goes on for centuries? in front of our face, knocks us down, picks us up, knocks us down again. Of course, there are many, 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 many theories about what it is, and there, many of them are very beautiful teachings and theories, and they're all, there's very, there's a lot of truth and beauty and everything. But and in Zen, what we really ask is, is this so? Is it a fundamental nourishment for our ability to live a fulfilled, clear, focused, joyful, and meaningful life? Is it so? Hakuin, another great teacher, used to always, people would come to him one moment with great praise about something and he would say, oh, is that so? And then in a few days later, they would have enormous blame for him about something else. And he was immovable. He just said, is that so? He was watching this great play of life. One moment praise, one moment blame, one moment hate, one moment love, one moment health, one moment sickness. All of that on and on and on and on. Inevitable in this world of illusion, this world of dreams, which we really live in. When we focus upon it deeply, when we try to grapple with it, when we try to change it, when we try to control it, we were caught in it like a bird caught in a nest, can't get out, can't fly away, struggling, or a fish that's caught trying to get a worm, trying to get some bait, mm mm No, no, bait, when we do zazen, no, 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 don't go there, don't go there. Just sit still, come back home, come home, come home. You know, most of us, we don't know where home is. Come home to your own self, to your own breath, to this moment. Just come home, sit still, and let the world dance, do its dance. You could even enjoy it. You might not enjoy it, but... Don't get caught in it. Don't get caught up in it. Don't think that this is your essential life. It's not. It's an external peripheral life. It's the dance of light and darkness. It's autumn leaves being blown from the trees. There it is. I'm not saying to reject it. I'm not saying not to offer really meaningful help to those in it to those who come into our life. I'm not saying that at all. Because when we sit in Zazen deeply, when we come home from our home ground, we can then arise and offer really beautiful moments with others and help if it's needed, where it's needed, how it's needed, because we see clearly what's going on. We're not getting caught. Very often when a person wants to offer help, which we do. We're very kind-hearted, essentially kind-hearted beings. We want to offer help, but we but we do things that mess things up more, not purposely, but inadvertently. We don't really see what's needed. We don't see what's going on. Don't uh, we go back to the first, the first little colon? Don't be deluded by others. That's what he meant. Don't enter everybody else's reality. And jump right in. And, and and enable that. First first go home. First come to yourself. Come to the truth. Reclaim your own inner knowingness. And even then, even just being then with someone in the midst of their pain or suffering, it's very helpful for them. It has a very soothing effect, a very clarifying effect. You don't have to say a word. Because who you are speaks much more loudly than what you say. And if you're bringing your innate knowingness along and your quiet along and your lack of being tossed back and forth here and there along into a situation, that will change the situation. That itself will certainly change the situation in a very simple, quiet and balanced way. These are very fundamentals and principles, very fundamental. And they're very different though than the way we normally relate to our lives. We spend so much time trying to figure it out, what's going on? Hours, days, we get so embroiled in it, we cannot sleep, we cannot eat. We try to find people to talk to who agree with us. We try to stay away from those who do not. We label them crazy or whatever label we give them. And we believe our labels (laughs) rather than just being with what's happening right now. It's not about, in Zen practice, believing or not believing anything at all. It's about being with what is here fully. Just being with it, not imposing on it our ideas, our notions, our demands, our sorrow. Not projecting all that onto someone or something. Just being with what is as it appears. And as it disappears. Because, of course, whatever appears must disappear. It's an appearance. It comes and it goes. When it comes, we're, we're, we're overjoyed. When it goes, we're devastated. How did that happen? <laughs> how did it happen? Well, it's as if we're asking how did it happen that night follows day? How did it happen that the sun comes out after the rain? How did it happen? We don't expect what's right in front of our eyes. We're being taught all the time. We are actually receiving teachings every single moment, but we don't want them, we don't look at them, we don't take them in. Only half of life we're willing to take in. The other half of life, block it out in one way or another. So as we come back home to the cushion, to simplicity, to the silence, whatever word, But in Zen, it's not just a word. We actually do it, and we experience it. And we don't know what we're learning. We don't know what we're letting go of. We don't know what's happening, and we don't have to know. It just happens naturally, intuitively, organically. We're not in charge. What we do is our practice, and whatever happens as we do it, happens. It happens under the earth. It's like you plant a seed. Do you look every minute to watch? Is it growing? Is it not growing? Do we really know what happens when the seed mixes in the soil and some seeds grow, some seeds don't? We don't know. We don't have to know. What we do is take out the weeds, cultivate the earth, and then, at the, as Ada would say, at the ripeness of time, we appreciate the wonderful flowers or the fruit that comes up from the seed. And that is this practice. Plant the seeds, do the zazen, stay in the moment. Don't complicate your life. And the wonderful seeds, the wonderful nourishment you'll be giving the world and yourself will inevitably bloom in their time and in their way. So thank you so much for listening. It's a joy to talk to you. I love it. And I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful day. And by the way, if you want to write to me or reach me, it's topspeaker at yahoo.com. And the website for this podcast is www.zenwisdomtoday.com. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. Bye-bye.